You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. He is risen. Hallelujah. This is Easter and it's the day, Easter Sunday in particular, when we celebrate the risen Jesus. And I want to dive straight in and share with you today. So I want us to look at how people experience the fact that Jesus is alive. And I want to reassure you and also to inform you and maybe even to challenge you that what you're feeling, what you're thinking today, could be different from the other person. But you know what? Different, this is really echoey up here. If we could just turn down the reverb, thanks. So if you and I can look at what the Bible says, I'm going to look at an example of two people. I've picked two people with names I like simply because my dad was John, my mom was Mary, and I'm looking at two people in the Bible who are also called John and Mary, and how they experience the risen Jesus a little different from each other. You see, you are not a clone. You are an individual. And we experience Jesus. Now, it's within God's boundaries, okay? So if you say, I don't know, an angel appeared and said, pray to me, uh, that's not scriptural. So we're not talking about weird stuff here. Or there's a cult going around at the moment, and the pastor said, he's the mediator between God and man. He's of the devil. Would anyone say amen? So that doesn't work. Are we on? Yeah. Okay. So I want to look at how we can experience Jesus alive in different ways. And I'm going to look at John 20 and just pick up some of the verses from 1 to 16. As ever, if you really want to get the most out of what I'm saying today, read the chapter yourself at home during the week. Because you'll get the full import of it. So this is God's word. It's not my word. It's God's word. So let's do it the respect that it deserves, and let's listen to God's word, and may he bless it to our souls, and give us a revelation, and encourage us on our journey, in Jesus' name. Here is John 20, and this is 1 to 16, in an abridged form. So you know the context, sorry, before I go into it, you know the context is Jesus was crucified on the cross, and he was buried in a tomb. And remember back then, the tombs were like caves that they hacked or dug out of the rock. And they didn't have a door. They had a stone to block the tomb. So Jesus was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And now we are on the Sunday morning. He was buried on Friday. It's now Sunday morning. And we read Mary Magdalene went to the tomb that morning. But she found it empty with the stone rolled away. She ran to tell Peter and John. And when they got there, they found just the body clothes lying folded. John saw and believed, but he didn't fully understand. Meanwhile, Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she turned around, she saw Jesus standing before her, but she didn't recognize him. She thought he was the gardener, and she said, uh, standing before her, but she never recognized him. 
Why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have taken him away, please tell me where he is, and I will get his body. Mary, Jesus said to her. Then she turned towards him and cried out, My Lord. Every time I read that, I kind of get hair on the back of my neck standing up. I I get the goosebumps. I, I find this so intriguing and moving. You see, we're told straight away that Mary found the tomb was empty. And the detail Mary brings to the narrative is that the stone was rolled away. You see that in verse 1. But when you go forward to verse 3, we found that Peter and John, and they found the tomb empty, but the body clothes lying there folded. So what we see is two people seeing the same situation, getting the same overall message, but actually remembering a different detail. It's a bit like you looking up at the stage here right now. Do you know, the psychologists and so on have said, that you will remember some items here on the stage, but you won't remember all of them. Our human brains aren't capable of that. So, Freddie on this side might remember this guitar, and he might remember that amp. But Josephine on the other side might remember the keyboard and the music stand. We pick up different details because we're different people. And so we approach all of this with a slightly different filter. And I was talking about filters last time I was preaching. We all have a different filter. So John remembered the grave clothes. Back then they would wrap the body, the dead body, in linen. And it was their way of wrapping the body and having it ready for burial. It's a bit like when my mum and dad died and people came to the funeral home. They were dressed in their best clothes and they were buried in those clothes. But Mary remembered the stone was rolled away. John remembered the grave clothes that were folded. So as we look at these two people, remember both of them loved Jesus. They really loved him. Both of them saw him on the cross, one of a handful of people, but they saw him on the cross. So we're talking about good people here. First of all, what about John's experience? What is it that John saw that is different to Mary, and what is it that we can learn from him? We're told he saw, he believed, but he still did not fully understand. And I bet you, Some of us are like that today. We see, we believe, but we don't fully understand. What did John see exactly? He didn't see the risen Jesus, did he? There's no risen Jesus standing before him. So what John saw was like negative proof. He saw what wasn't there. And some of us, in our lives, we see what's not there. And you know what the tragedy is? We can be blind to seeing what's not there. Because sometimes what's not there is a great blessing. What's not there? I don't have a sickness going on. Hallelujah. Who'll say that that's a blessing? What's not there? I'm not lonely. I have someone who loves me. Hallelujah. That's a blessing. So we need to look for what's not there. And John was wise and intelligent enough and spiritual enough to see what was not there, to see and to believe, even though he still didn't fully 
understand. And if you don't fully understand everything today, guess what? That's normal. Would anyone say amen? If anybody tells you, and I've seen one or two, I haven't met them in person, but I've seen one or two preachers on Christian TV channels, and they make out as if you can know everything. No, you can't. There is always an element of mystery in life. Maybe it's because I come from a Catholic background, I'm comfortable with that. But honestly, God is not a scientific formula. You can't work out every single detail. Why? Because your brain and my brain just aren't big enough to take in the universe. And that's what faith is called. It's faith. You know, we're baptizing people today. Here's this handsome young man from the 4th of May, 1980. This is me. Didn't I have lovely curly hair? Oh my goodness. Did you see my lovely hair? Anyway, this is me down the road here, about 20 minutes away, Fountainstown Beach, 4th of May, 1980. Not long after I became a Christian. If I think of that 19-year-old guy, I saw, I knew that God was alive because I experienced him when I went to my second Christian meeting. I didn't come from a family who were born again. But I knew that he was there. I saw what God started to do in my life and I believed. And I always remember one guy, lovely brother in the Lord, came up to me and they were organizing baptisms. Six people were being baptized. I was the seventh I said, I want to be baptized. And I always remember one guy said, it's an awful pity you don't understand everything about baptism. And I didn't. But I saw and I believed. And that's what mattered. Yes, I caught up with the full meaning of it. But I didn't need a degree in theology to get baptized. Would anyone say amen? amen. You don't. You just need to see and to believe. The others will follow. Now, that guy who got baptized, is it me? Yeah. Is he the same as me? Yeah. Is he totally the same as me? No. I'm a different person. It's like when you're 16, you're a different person at 26 and 46 and 56. If you're young, trust me, this is true. You change through life. And John and Mary both had different upbringings. Remember, Mary had seven demons cast out of her by Jesus. I don't think she had a very happy childhood. What do you think? I, I just can't see that. History suggests she could have been a prostitute. This poor woman had a traumatic upbringing, probably. I can't say that for certain, but I think it's probably likely. And you see... Depending on what you go through in your 20s, and your 30s, and your 40s, and your 50s, you have different traumas, different encouragements, so you begin to change. That's why some people, their hearts have gone cold towards God. They just found a thrill somewhere, and their hearts go cold towards God, and they walk away. So that guy is not me, really, in many ways, but I saw and I believed, and what I saw 42 years ago is still the same as what I see today. I see a risen Savior. I see a God who changes lives. And you might have a bit of cynicism or skepticism in you. Can I say, I've given my whole life to this. I have given up careers and businesses and time and reputation. Why? Because I know 
that God changes lives. And I know that Jesus Christ is their way, their truth, and their life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Who'll say hallelujah? So this was John's experience. So it was a little different from Mary. And the whole thing about John is he was okay with mystery. And can I challenge you and encourage you? If you struggle with mystery, don't. The day will come when God will reveal it to you. Very often in this life. But for some things we have to wait to the next life. I bet you you've got questions and I have questions that we can ask God when we go home to be with him. But I don't need to know it all now. We worship God in the midst of the mystery as well as in the midst of the certainty. Some things we're certain of, some things we don't quite understand, and that's fine. So you know what? If the envelope is a little bit open, that's life. That's the deal. Science does not have an answer for everything. Look at the coronavirus. Look at the pandemic we've just been through. They still don't understand it all. Nor will they ever. There was a big thing at the start of it where they said, they can't understand and they just don't know why one virus seems to dominate all the others. So when you have a whole load of coronavirus, usually you don't get a whole load of flu. And, and they still don't know why. There is so much the scientists don't know why. At the economic crash, the economists and the bankers didn't fully understand. If you really are going to trust everything and put all your faith in Bankers, economists, doctors, I'm not saying we shouldn't take their advice. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a nutcase here. But there's some things they don't understand. And this is where your faith, my faith, kicks in. For what we don't understand, we trust God. Who'll say amen? And John got that. And that's the deal in life. If you're a pagan, if you're an out-and-out atheist, I'm telling you, that's the deal. You will not understand everything in this life. So deal with mystery. Accept it. John did. That young guy did 42 years ago. And I understand an awful lot more now. But by faith, I knew I could trust the one who changed my heart. Hallelujah. And that's what faith is called. You see, it's all about the mystery. We were driving up this morning to church and there's a spot we drive through and it's nearly almost always foggy. And this morning it was foggy as well. And that's what the mystery is like. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.9. You know this verse. Eye has not seen, nor ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love him. We can't get our brains around it. And you know what? We're not capable of understanding it all. Or how about Paul writing in Ephesians about the marriage between a man and a woman when they get married. And he's talking about the couple coming together. And then he says this in verse 5, verse 32. This is a profound mystery. But I'm speaking of Christ and the church. Here again we have mystery. And Paul is saying, you know the way a couple get married and they join together as one? And then suddenly he says, that's like Jesus and the believers. He's the bridegroom and the church, we are the bride. And there's a day coming called the marriage feast of the Lamb when Jesus and his bride will come together. And it's like, what, 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 what? Hang on, well, now I'm very comfortable in my masculinity. I'm no bride. Okay. Deal with it. 
But the day will come when we will come together with the Lord collectively as the Christian church from all, every church all over, those who love the Lord, but we can't fully get it. It's a profound mystery. So mystery is part of the deal. And I want to pray in a little, a uh, few minutes time for those of us who've got something we don't understand. You know what? Give it to God. Allow it to be in your life. He might give you a revelation in a couple of months, a couple of years, or maybe he won't. Maybe it's when you go to be with him. But you've got to have a peace about mystery in life. What about Mary's experience? In my opinion, I'm calling it circumstantial blindness. And this is some of us this morning. You're in a distressed situation. Maybe you could even call it trauma. Maybe it's just hard circumstances. But it stops you from seeing what's going on. Mary was weeping outside, so straight away she has tears in her eyes. If you're crying, if you're weeping right now, and we get a lot of people weeping in here, it's one of the reasons we keep the lights really low, so people have the privacy and the dignity, if they want, to cry before God. The first few gatherings I went to, I couldn't stop crying, and I'm not an emotional weeping type. But I couldn't stop crying because I knew God was there. He melted my heart. Hallelujah. But Mary was weeping. When you're crying, if you're weeping now, you're not taking in everything around you. Your filter, if I use that term again, is very different. So physically, she's not taking in what's going on. She can't see Jesus and he's right in front of her. I've been around long enough as a believer and as a pastor to know that Jesus has been in front of people, showing them stuff, but such is their circumstances, they just can't see it. Can't see that he's right there. She can't see Jesus, and he's talking to her, and she doesn't know it's him. Now, press the pause button, because this is where I've seen so many Christians lose hope. Mary, can you just imagine the evil one, the devil, coming to Mary and saying, Mary, you were there when Jesus stood up and said, my sheep hear my voice. And here's Jesus talking to you, Mary, and you're not hearing him. Call yourself a Christian, Mary, you hypocrite. Can you see that happening? Can you see that happening? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Here's someone who follows Jesus, and yet she can't hear his voice. And this is how the enemy comes in and will try and, and throw you and throw the merry group of people here, those who are suffering or are in a difficult situation. The enemy of your soul will tell you you're not really a Christian because you can't hear Jesus until he calls her by name. Hallelujah. Now, I grew up, my mum was Mary, and every second girl I knew was Mary. If you came into a room like this with a couple of hundred people and you said, Mary! Almost all the women would turn around. If they weren't Mary, they were Marianne, or they were Marie, or they were some variant of it. So there were no other names in Ireland. John and Mary, they were the names, you know. And Mary was very common in Israel at that time. Look at those who were by the cross. They were nearly all called Mary. There's Mary A, Mary B, Mary C, Big Mary, Small Mary, Old Mary, Young Mary, Tall Mary, Not So Tall Mary, whatever you're having yourself. Mary was a common name. But when Jesus said Mary, it was our name. It was personal. 
It was a connection. As soon as she heard him call her name in the midst of her distress, she connected. Her eyes were open. And until you and I, and I'm talking to believers here, if we have a trouble, if we have hard circumstances, until we hear him and we connect with him personally, we won't get out of that trouble. It's almost like God won't allow us to get out of it until we connect with him personally again. So Jesus calls her by name. Does he condemn her? No. You see, Satan would condemn her. But my Bible, your Bible says, there is no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He knew Mary was sincere. She loved Jesus with all her heart, just like John did. She was there to show her respect. She was one of the greatest followers of Jesus. And still, she never saw him. She never heard him. She was struggling in her circumstances. And Jesus doesn't condemn her. He reaches out to her in love. Hallelujah. And he calls her by name. And he connects with her. And she hears his name. It wasn't just Mary. Look, both of these type of experience are happening right throughout the Bible. Look at another Eastern narrative. The two followers of Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus has now risen, but they didn't know that. They're disillusioned. Maybe you're disillusioned because something hasn't worked out for you. And while the two of them were talking... Acts 24, 14 says, Jesus came alongside them walking, but they never knew it was him. It's just like Mary. And it wasn't until they sat down at the table with Jesus that their eyes were opened. You see, this is this connection again. Mary didn't see Jesus because she had difficult circumstances. They didn't see Jesus because he kept them from seeing him. And sometimes... Our relationship with God, the Lord won't allow us to see him because he's trying to nurture and cultivate heart attitude in our experience with him, which brings us deeper and closer to him. And that's what's going on there. So if I can shorthand this, brothers, sisters, if you've got a circumstance or if you're a bit disillusioned or things aren't going great for you and you don't see Jesus, can I submit to you? Can I challenge you? He's probably right by your side. You just don't see him yet. But if you are willing to let him call you by name, he'll call you by name. Hallelujah. So, are you like John? Or the John company, we can call it that. This is John the father here. Good father, John. Good father, John. You're believing. You know it. You follow him. But you need to accept the mystery. We're going to pray for that in a moment. I accept what I don't understand. I promise you this. If that's your heart attitude, you will be blessed. You will have a far better walk with God. And you will understand way more than if you're like some kind of a, a nitpicking anorak who wants a scientific formula worked out before you do anything. That's the way of death. But taking a step of faith, that's the way of life. God will bless you for it. We're going to pray for you. Maybe you're like Mary. You're believing, but you need to hear him through the circumstances. And we're going to pray for you in just a moment. Whatever the trauma, whatever just the difficulty, it mightn't be a trauma, 
God can speak to you through it, and we'll pray for that. Here's some words of encouragement. I love this verse, Romans 8, 11. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, he will also give life or quicken your mortal bodies through his spirit. Hallelujah. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. Mortal. That means what you physically feel. It's not just your soul. It's your physical body. Hallelujah. Anyone want a bit of quickening in their bones today? Because that's what this is promising. That's what the God who rose from the dead is promising. If the same spirit is in you, and I believe for almost all of us, it is. You wouldn't have come out. Look, how many people said to me, it's the first Easter in three years. I gotta get some sunshine. We're only a couple of months out of um, full lockdown. So people are gone away on holidays. People are visiting friends they couldn't for the last few years. It's bad weather. It's the next service is the real party, big one. The fact that you're here at an early service on this year with it raining, that tells me you probably really are one of those who has that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. So can I encourage you, have a bit of faith about what God is doing in your life. He's at work in you, hallelujah. And he's begun a good work in you. So we're going to pray for that for a moment. But I'm going to close and encourage you, if you're up for it, to make a declaration. Because when we declare our faith, something happens. We declare it to God, to one another, to ourselves, to the devil. This is what I believe. And you know what I've experienced? I've experienced over many decades that when we own our faith, the devil is terrified. He's terrified. And when God sees us with this kind of faith, he blesses us. So I'm going to ask us to stand and I'm going to ask us to declare this together. Is anyone up to do that? Okay. There's about four people, but I'm hoping there's a bit more than that. Jesus said to Thomas, Blessed are those who do not see, but yet believe, even if you don't see him. You are blessed if you still believe, and the sight will follow. So at the count of three... I'm going to ask you to declare this with me to God, to ourselves, to one another. I believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. If you don't believe it, don't say it. Nobody's here to judge you. But if you do believe it, I challenge and encourage you. Let's declare it before we worship and before we pray. You ready? Yes. At the count of three. One, two, three. I believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. I'm going to ask you to do it again. And this time, if you're up for it, lift your hands up as a sign of surrender. You don't have to, but half of you are doing it anyway. Let's lift our hands up and declare it again. One, two, three. I believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And let's say it to any unbelief going on in the back of our heads or from the evil one. One last time. One, two, three. I believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And off of that seedbed of faith, we're going to sing this beautiful song, Broken Vessels. And then we're going to pray for the two companies of people here. Sam.
grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. Oh, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Oh, I can see you now. hasn't happened or something has happened leave that at grace christian church this morning where you stand will you lift up your hand if that's you for those of us who are struggling to see jesus in our experience right now whatever it is a problem hard circumstance or even a trauma would you lift up your hand and you want to say i'm willing to see god now so I'm going to ask Sam to sing it again. I'm going to invite you to come and join us at the top because we're going to pray under the power of the Holy Spirit right by the stage here. Sam, come forward. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. Anyone else? I know there was loads of hands up. You can come forward. Let's just move forward, brothers and sisters, a bit. Anyone else want to join us? Don't be afraid. This is just the living God moving. lift up our mysteries to God what we don't understand will we lift our hands up and hand it over to him whether you're up here or down there give him your mystery your unanswered question Holy Spirit come we don't get it God it never happened or it did happen and we are bewildered we are confused we are uncertain we see, O oh God, and we believe, 
but Lord this mystery is exactly that so we hand over the mystery to you now give it to the Lord we ask you Lord to take this mystery and help us to move forward as believers in you and I pray that nobody would be stumbled because of an unanswered question nobody in this hall this morning we prayed in Jesus name and God's people said and for those of us who want to see Jesus but we are struggling to see him because of our circumstances or what has happened in the recent past gonna ask you to lift up your hands and give it over to God because he wants to show you and reveal himself to you hallelujah hear us now oh God we pray that we would hear you call us by name who'll say amen and I pray oh God that each one up here would hear their name being called personally up close and for real come Holy Spirit we need to hear your voice call us by name and we need to see you now oh God because we know you're there but we can't see you so God would you take down the wall of division would you take away oh God the circumstances that are stopping us seeing you and would you help us Lord Jesus to see exactly who you are Roger the Holy Spirit would speak to you you have seen it and you have heard it and you know it is written young men may see, see visions and old men will dream dreams and the Lord would say this is about to be a season in your life where you will dream dreams and you will dream dreams about what is to come and about your future in me and the Lord would say I would give you dreams that are deep in symbolism and I will give you dreams said God that will bring you a depth of comfort and of joy and of security prepare your heart and mind because though you go to bed at night your experience is only just beginning this is a season of spirit breathed dreams says the Lord so by faith come on an adventure with me my beloved son as I show you and I give you tastes of the future that are yet to come for you where you will enjoy and you will soar I said God I am restoring your youth like the eagle prepare your heart the best is yet to come says the Lord your God amen hallelujah praise God let's go to our seats but stay standing as we declare the reality of God's word through this song amazing grace Sam amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me
stirred by the Spirit to pray that everyone here will experience the risen Jesus over the rest of this Bank Holiday weekend. If you want that to happen, can I encourage you to join in in our final prayer? Lift your hands up by faith. Don't be ashamed of Him. We pray, oh God, this afternoon, this evening, and through the night and tomorrow, this Easter time, that the risen Jesus would appear to us for the John Company, for the Mary Company, for the Thomas Company. We pray we would see Jesus. You are alive. We declare it. We believe it. Come into our homes. Come into our hearts. Come into our minds. As we go and face the week, may we bring the risen Jesus with us. And the people of God said, Hallelujah. We're serving coffee downstairs in our courtyard cafe. We've got a roof over it so you won't get wet. Let's go and have some fellowship as Sam and the band play us out. Sam.